Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of Romans, chapter 6. Here's Pastor Ryan. That's how good Jesus is. So Paul asked this question, terrible thing to, for, for someone to think, should we sin that his grace may abound? Because his forgiveness is so big and he'll probably forgive us. Why don't we sin some more so that he can have more to forgive since his forgiveness is so vast? And it's a nonsensical you know, idea, but it's an idea that a lot of new believers have. A lot of new believers who, who maybe want one foot in the world still and one in the church will say, I'm under grace, I'm under grace. They're still hitting the bars, they're still partying, they're still going to the clubs, they're still, you know, making excuses, still living the old life. But in Christ, his blood is so precious. As we grow in maturity, we see the folly in that. My wife and I, we have a, a saying that, that we use in, in counseling and, 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 and trying to help people out. We don't, I don't practice sin. I sin every day, but I don't practice it anymore because the blood of Christ means something to me. If the blood of Christ don't mean nothing to you, you're going to keep on sinning. And I don't understand why the blood of Christ wouldn't mean something mean everything to people but that's why they sin jesus said if you love me you'll keep my commandments the blood means everything he saved us from the pit of hell why would i dabble anymore with our old with my old life why would you why would anybody his grace is so wonderful it should keep us from even thinking foolish thoughts like i'm just going to it's okay i'm under grace and i have the liberty to to still party and do all these things why would you want to why would you want to? I don't drink anymore. I did at first when I was a new believer. I still drank, you know, and then I go, oh man, my old homeboys aren't taking me serious anymore. Or, or they're not taking my faith serious. So, ah, as long as you party, whatever, get religion, but still, you know, party with us. No, no, no. I realized my witnessing was getting nowhere because even the world knew that Christians shouldn't drink. They knew. So I stopped it. And they began to take me more serious. But I loved alcohol so much that I went to Old Duels. If you don't know what that is, don't worry. <laughs> it's a non-alcoholic. But then I learned something as I grew in my maturity, that even to avoid the appearance of evil, if you all saw me with the Budweiser kicking it, just strolling up the street with the, with the Corona in my hand, it wouldn't make you stumble. You'd be like, cool, that's my pastor. Awesome. Need, need some lime? You know, no, you'd be like, that doesn't sit right with me. Because even the world knows when we're serious and when we're still wanting to be like the world. I gave it up because I love Jesus and I love his people. I've been, I was drinking since I was 14. Trust me, I can handle beer. I just don't anymore because I love others. And too many people have been destroyed 
because of alcohol. They say weed is the is the gateway drug. No, it's not. Alcohol is. And alcohol is way more powerful than it was in the Bible, trust me. And during Jesus' time when they drank wine, if you had sex before marriage, they're going to kill you. That's how serious the world was at that time amongst the Israelites when it came to morality. And so if you were drunk, you were in danger of being stoned. So it's a different world, my friends. I didn't, mean, I didn't mean to get into uh, an alcohol thing, but maybe some of y'all need to hear it. Maybe somebody does. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. The weed I, I smoked be, back in the day is probably a hundred times less potent than what they're smoking today. Because now they have all the shops and the labs and they can tweak it and make it more crazy. That's what they did with alcohol. They tweaked it to make it to make it more uh, potent, higher alcohol content, and the Lord tells us not to be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. And the enemy is looking for just a little niche, like me telling you I can handle mine. Well, he who thinks he can stand, beware lest he fall. You know. But I also have to care about, you know, what people see in me, you know, the example I'm setting. Bible says that all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. If my liberty makes a brother or sister fall, their failure, their fall is on me. And I, I, I've, I've talked to parents, man, you know what, your, your, your kids are more likely to pick up a brew because they've seen you. And they may have never seen you drunk and you may have controlled it and just had a beer with your steak, as they say. But Junior, he's not like you. He takes one and he needs ten more. Now you have a problem. Now who are they going to, oh, pastor, our son is an alcoholic. They come here. Now they want help. Or before it's like, ah, oh, grace, liberty. It's all good. Don't be so legalistic. Anyways, I digress. <laughs> what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in the newness of life. Paul says here that we died with Christ. We died with Christ. And when we believe in Jesus Christ, that is exactly what we are doing we are, we are saying to God, our old life, done, dead, finished, done. That's what we, that's when you, Christianity doesn't work if you want to bring the old man or old woman with you. It dies with Christ on the cross. It dies. Our old self. Paul would write in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, 
He is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That's, that's truly what happens. The old has passed away. All things have become new. We're a new creation. New heart, new life. Jesus said, if you want to enter the kingdom of God, you must be born again. So what does that mean to be born again? New. We have a new life. We have a new shot at it. Rap sheet. Clean. Like babies. We become spiritual babies. We're born again. Woo! And the Bible is our milk. And as we grow, hopefully we go from milk to steak. Paul would say in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul said it, I, I've been crucified with Christ. Think about that. Jesus was crucified. They nailed him to that tree. And Jesus said, if anyone desires to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and fall. That, that instrument of death, meaning know that you're dead, like I am dead, you're dead now. But then as he resurrects from the grave, so do we. Newness of life. We're baptized in his death, and thus we're also baptized into his resurrection. The old is past. Kill it off. Kill it off. But some continued to dabble. Paul would say in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, that's being having sex without marriage, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified. There's that word. You were made holy, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of our God. The Holy Spirit sanctified us, justified us. Don't be deceived. Don't think that when, you know, folks are practicing these things that they're going to make it in. This is why the warning's there, so that we know the warning. There are churches that won't, won't warn anybody about anything. Jesus came and preached. If you, he said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. You want to know the salt of a church, the worthiness of a church? See how much the pastor, the minister, is preaching on repentance. Talking about sin and the dangers of sin. The dangers of sin, that we're not deceived, Paul says. Don't be deceived. If you practice these things, you're not getting in. Or do we want people to think, oh, it's on the curve. curve. And God, yeah, so what if you're an adulterer? unrepented sure so what if you're living in fornication unrepented sure you can come in in that case why did christ come might as well eat and drink for tomorrow we die but he came to warn us of the truth because god loves the world so much that he says it must stop 
What must? Loving yourself rather than God. Lo- worshiping yourselves. It must stop. It must stop. Jesus said in John 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. In other words, he, his gauge for the proof that a Christian is right with him is that the Christian does what Jesus says to do and does not do the things that Jesus says not to do. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things that I say? That's Christianity. We're not in this to make friends. We're in this to make disciples. And if we're going to be disciples, we have to understand that we we have died. Verse 5. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin, for he who has died has been freed from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more, death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once and for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And and that's just beautiful biblical truth that we are freed from the power of sin. It has no dominion over you. It cannot reign over you. You cannot stand before God and say, you know, I know that that you said not to get drunk, but I had the shakes. I couldn't kick it. I'm an alcoholic. I've seen alcoholic after alcoholic after alcoholic come to Jesus and kick and come clean. We've seen addicts come clean. We've seen prostitutes live holy lives now. He is in the business of completely changing me. And we cannot say the devil made me do it. In other words, when those who play games and continue in their sin stand before God, they cannot say the devil made me do it. They cannot say, I just, I was different. Like, I, I, you know, if I, if, I, if I didn't get a little bit of drug, I was going to. You're not different. You're just saying that because you want an excuse to live the way you want to live. And you don't want Jesus to rule over you. We've seen Hundreds of thousands of people completely changed their life. We're no different. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And he says uh, in verse 11, Likewise, you also reckon yourselves uh, to be dead indeed to sin. I I guess I just hear cowboys say, I reckon. Like, I don't even know what reckon means. I'm from Almani. So I looked it up means to count, to number. So count yourself, number yourself uh, as one who is uh, dead uh, to sin, right? Likewise, you also number yourselves to be dead indeed to sin. Um, It means that we should regard our old sin nature as dead and unresponsive to sin. My old nature is dead and unresponsive to sin. I have nothing to do with those old sins. That means reckoning. I'm not going to have anything to do with my old life. 
I'm not going to try to get close to my old sin. I'm not going to try to play with my old sin. I'm not going to hang around with my old sin. I'm going to stay as far away from my old sin because I reckon it to be dead. It's none of my business anymore. My business is to serve the Lord. That's what it means to reckon. We are fully fenced off because of our citizenship and our union with Christ from all the old ways of believing and behaving. We are fenced off from it. I cannot go back. I will not go back. I don't want to think that way, behave that way, nothing. I am fenced off from that. And I am now, I now belong to Christ. We are no longer answerable to those motives, desires, and goals. We live for Christ now. That's what Paul is saying. Verse 12, Therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lust. That's our responsibility. Paul said, you don't let it reign. We still have free will. Though God is in us, though God strengthens us, though God gives us personal application in his word to avoid it, though all of those things are for you and I to give us strength, then he says, now you choose to reckon it. You choose to, to not let sin reign. We have personal responsibility. Some Christians, you wonder, why are they around what they're around? Why are you still hanging around all that? Look, God loves sinners or else I wouldn't be here. But if my homeboys want to come and spend time with me, they're going to come on God's terms. Jesus ate and drank with sinners, right? But people think that like he just went to a, a party where there's debauchery and, and drugs and, 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 and alcoholism and, and craziness happening. And there was Jesus. Look at how gracious God is. No, 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 no. It meant the sinners came to him. It's time to sober up to hear what he has to say. They came. Sinners came. But they came respectfully. Too many Christians are going to these parties where there's demonic things happening. The language is filthy. You think you, that God's like, the Spirit's like, oh, cool. They need God. They don't know. Just chill with them. Depends. If is, is it a slip? Did someone bump themselves and, ooh, and say a bad word? Or is it like every other word? Maybe you should leave. Oh, but they need Jesus. Maybe you should leave and trust Jesus to get them at a latter time. Oh, you know, I was, you know, ministering to them and yeah, they, they, they brought lines of coke out, but, you know, they need Jesus and, you know, grace and mercy. Yeah, you should be bouncing. Oh, they lit up a joint. You should be bouncing. What are you even around that? Verse 13, and do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin. But present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. And so I love what he says here. Do not present your, your members as instruments of unrighteousness. Think about it. In the world, before you came to know Christ, what would you do for sin? What would you do for sin? How far would you drive for sin? How far would you go uh, to get that girl's number, that guy's number, to hook up? How far would you drive for that drive? How much money would you spend? How much energy would you, how much time would you spend? How did you use the members of your body to do your sin back in the day? A lot of effort. 
My pastor told me uh, when I first, you know, was hanging out with him in the early days, he said, as, as hard as you used to work for your gang, work 10 times more for the Lord. Because my members, the members of my body were used for sin. And so when Paul is saying, don't let sin reign in your, in your bodies, he gives a, a, a positive, practical way of helping how to do that. Instead, do this, use your body for God's good. This is why in the early days, I survived as a Christian by being at church whenever it was open. I would volunteer for anything because I knew if I wasn't at the house of the Lord, if I wasn't amongst his people, if I wasn't busy doing God's work with my members of my body, if I wasn't using my hands and feet to be the Lord's, then I would end up falling back into my sin. So part of, 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 of my uh, protection, part of my uh, defense against temptation was being busy about God's service. And so I say, serve the Lord. And you'll, 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 you'll bump into more mature Christians that will encourage you in your walk. You'll learn how to, how to be stronger as a Christian. Serve them. And, there's, and I, this is, I don't get it. Like in the world, before we knew Christ, we used our members to do, we would work so hard to get our sin. I mean, you think of hypes. How far would they go to get a fix? We were doing like a ministry team building exercise one time at U-Turn for Christ. And, you know, those guys are, most of them are ex-druggies, right? And uh, we had to hide these tennis balls. And uh, from one team had to hide tennis balls in the location. And the other team had to work together to find out where the tennis ball was. And I remember I hid mine in the, my tennis ball in the toilet tank in the restroom, right? And uh, this brother goes straight into the, the restroom and goes right to the tank and pulls out my tennis ball. And I said, how did you know it was in there? He said, because I'm an ex-druggie. That's how I know. And as a hype, you know, the great lengths that they go to try to get a fix or stash their drugs. And where would they stash their drugs so no one takes it? All of that stuff. But that's what I'm saying. God says, okay, don't use your members for that stuff anymore. Use it now for, his right, for, for the righteousness of God's kingdom. And he says, for sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under law, but under grace. The law makes us all guilty of our sin. We're no longer under that. Because the guiltiness of that led us to Jesus. By which we are freed from guilt and shame. And we are now under grace. And if you're under grace, God is saying, then don't let your sin have dominion over you. But you overcome it. Let's end with Colossians 3, please. Colossians chapter 3. Give me an amen once you are there. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. 
For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Therefore put to death your members, which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. But now you yourselves are to put off all these anger. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come on out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you'd like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills.